So great to have you, those of you here. And I cooked some very good food. You're going to enjoy yourself afterwards. But I also cooked up something real nice right here from the, from the menu of God that you're going to also enjoy. So I'm going to feed you spiritually. And then for those of you who are here, I'm going to feed you physically. I love cooking. I didn't, I, I didn't realize how much I loved cooking into this season of my life. And I become like, a, oh, my goodness, like, People keep calling me a chef and I keep saying, I'm not a chef. Yes, you are. I'm like, no, because I'm I didn't go to school. And they're like, I don't care. You were a chef. Even people in Florida, they tell me that. And I'm like, well, I am, I, I I do flip the pots real nice. I am good with it. Um, so pull me what you want, Lord. I'll take the titles that you give me. But I like serving the word. I love serving and ministering the food of the spirit and the word God gave me for today. I want you to turn to Jeremiah 33. And I want to talk about the healing of God, but in a different way. Um, the title is God's restoration. And um, it's very interesting because in being a contractor of uh, amongst the so many things I do now, chef, right? <laughs> the different titles that are bestowed upon me. Being a contractor, meaning I know how to do electrical and plumbing and you know fix houses and buy houses and flip them and all this kind of stuff. And none of that stuff I went to school for. So yeah, now that I think about it, if somebody says I'm a chef, I should say yes because I'm a contractor and I never went to school for contracting and got any degree in that either. And I'm better than most of the contractors that come to my house, I have to walk them through their process. Um, wow. Well, being a contractor, there's a saying. New construction is better than reconstruction. And I've stood by that my whole life. New construction is better than reconstruction. But then I start studying the word of God. And I realized that God is very, very deep in the business of reconstruction. And God spends his time with us consistently in the business of reconstruction. So, so, mm -hmm. so I have to now reevaluate that statement. There's also a statement in business that says all the time, the way it begins is the way it ends. So if you start a business with a problem or you start it, you know, with a person who has that kind of a certain kind of attitude problem, the business will end with the same problem it started with. If it starts out bad, it ends bad. And so in business dealings, based on that philosophy, if you come in with the person and that person has a problem, chances are that same problem is going to end the business. And I was saying that with, with a definite and with a God-like authority. And to one day, Nellie said, but the scripture says the end of the thing is better than the beginning of a thing. And I was like, oh, oh, it, it does say that, doesn't it? Hmm. <laughs> so I had to drop the philosophy to go with the word. I had to drop what made logical sense to go with spiritual truth. 
Well, then it made me have to look at new construction is better than reconstruction because God's in the restoration business. He takes old junk or the buildings that the, 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 and the stone that the builders reject. And he says, this is the chief cornerstone. We're going to build on this. This is a foundation. God loves broken people. Very careful about what I'm about to say because religious people screw this up. God don't love to make you broken. But he likes to take the broken and repair them. God is not in the business of breaking you. I don't care how many sermons say that. He's in the business of restoration. He can walk into a run-down, beat-up, raggedy, ghetto human apartment into your ghetto sold, sold and say, I can see a palace here. Well, I can see a throne right there, and I can see gold, and I... Wow, I can, this is, this is beautiful. I could fix this up. I can make something beautiful out of this. Now, I can walk into anybody's home, especially if it's in any kind of disarray and look around and go, you know, if you just move, man, if you just had a few dollars, it doesn't cost a lot. We can fix this. That's the way I see. So taking our father with the understanding that he loves construction. And I think about this, and I don't know what things looked like back then, you know, other than what they show on TV, but even in earth, in his earthly form, what was Jesus's job? A carpenter, a person that makes and builds and fixes things. Even the job he took on in the natural was the job of someone who fixes and beautifies and makes things better. Then he stepped into his calling and he turned water into wine because it was necessary. And he healed the sick and gave sight to the blind. Restoration, repair, reconstruction, all the things that God was drawn to. He even made a comment in one of his debates, well, does a doctor go where the sick is or where the well is? So his heart, his love, his drive, God's drive, even manifested through his son Jesus was to go to where damage was and restore it. My God, my God. To, 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 to go to what looked like the outcast and take it in. He didn't go to the elite for disciples. He went to the ragtag, everyday commoner type of person and turned them into his great disciples whose names live on forever and ever and ever in our minds and in our understandings. These were not men of, of high esteem. These were what you would consider street workers or or, or um, guys who did construction or fishermen and who stunk and smelled like fish all day and cleaned nets. And these were the, these were the every average guys. And he said, I won't immortalize you. So when you say Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if those are the only ones you remember, they're immortalized forever when they were just normal people. 
Come on, y'all. Go with me here. Because how normal do you think you are? And how unworthy do you think you are? And how unworthy of greatness in the throne or, or for your name to be written down in the book forever and ever for men and generations and generations and generations to see? Why, well, if I don't have the kind of education, none of them did either. But their names and their stories are being shared to this world ends. Wow. So I begin to think about, well, God, if you're into restoration, you ready for what I'm about to say? I need to stop trying to big up what's right about me and look, focus on a little bit more of what it is that I need repaired so I can put it there for you to fix it. I need to take a little more confidence in my shortcomings so that you have the freedom to repair me than trying to hide from him as if he doesn't see and try to keep put try to keep putting forward this religious righteous face. God is concerned about my shortcomings and my mess. He's a repairer. I started by saying I didn't realize how much I loved cooking. But you know what I'm finding now, which is really weird. I haven't had to do it for decades. I love ironing my clothes. I do. Cleaning and mopping my house. I'm still not a fan of having to do the dishes, but they need to be done. Somebody has to do them, so I do them. I'm enjoying maintenance i'm enjoying the state of upkeeping the blessings that i have received instead of taking my focus off of that to focus on what i want i've been seeking god to teach me to love and embrace and manage what i have there's a power in restoration, there's a power in upkeep. There's a power in the managers. Hmm. Man, I have so much of my spirit I want to share with my babies today, but I, I just want to put this out there. When contractors and builders and designers are called in to create a building, they draw a beautiful diagram and then they hire people and they probably raise millions of dollars and hundreds of millions of dollars and they go to work on this project and they build it and they set it up and it's beautiful and they walk away. They don't look back. They're on to the next thing. So now the responsibility of keeping that project beautiful and current is the job of the managers, the restorers. You go down the road and bridge half the lane is off and there's guys up under there who are more important than the builders because if they don't keep it up, it won't stay up. There's something powerful about the anointing of maintenance. Maintenance. 
There's something powerful about the anointing of restoration. There's something powerful about the anointing of management that I'm coming to embrace. Hmm. Jeremiah 33.3, starting at verse 1. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the second time. While he was still confined in the court of the God, saying, Thus says the Lord who made earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Now, I always do this to you all, and I will never stop doing this to you all. I pay close attention and I want you to. Are you listening? When he says, I am the Lord, and then he lays down his title at this moment or this project or this, the way he wants you now to focus on him or see him. So when he say, I am Jehovah Jireh, he doesn't just say that just to say, oh, I got a lot of titles. He's telling you right now, I'm speaking to you as your provider. And he's because he says, I am the Lord Rafa. He said, I'm the Lord, your healer. He's coming to you with his different hats. Today, I'm wearing this. Because if I came to you with all my hats, I would totally blow your mind and freak you out. And you wouldn't focus as a human being anyway. So today, I'm speaking to you as, watch this. I'm coming to him a second time saying, I am the Lord who made heaven and earth. All things are included in this conversation. I'm the maker of this. I am the keeper. I am the function. I am the maintainer. I am the manager. I am the restorer. I am here to let you know I made this. You could take your car to any mechanic you want, but if you go to the dealer who knows what they're doing, they know the car better than everybody and they have the parts. I am the maker of heaven and earth. So any conversation you have about the running of this or the management of this or the upkeeping of this, I'm coming to you from that perspective. I made it. My God, I made it. So I know how it works. Ready? So he said, I'm coming to you as the Lord who made the heaven and the earth, who formed it and established it. The Lord is his name. Ready? Call unto me and I will answer you and tell you and even show you great and mighty things which have never been confirmed and are hidden. Now I'm reading from the Amplified. It says, I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who's talking to you and what he, what is he talking about? He's saying, I'm coming to you to let you know this heaven and earth that we're talking about. I made it, I formed it, I established it. Ask me and I will show you great and mighty things that you just don't understand or don't know. You don't know the working of it. You don't get it, but I do. Hmm. If I didn't read another verse today, if I didn't go any further, there are so many things that we go before God about with a perspective, with a desire, with an understanding in our mind of what needs to take place in order for things to go right, how he could fix it and make us so much happy if he would just do this. And he's saying, 
come to me as the one who made it and then be still and don't tell me how to fix it. Well, you know what would make me so happy right now? If I just had a new car, if I just had a new home. I mean, I just can't wait to find me a wife. I just, man, I, I just, God, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm ready for my husband. I'm ready. And God's like, really? So, so you're telling me? Oh, so you figured it all out, huh? So you know where you are right now. I am the maker of you. I know who I made you for. I know what I made you for. And I know where I called you to be. And I know when you're ready and I know when you're not. And the fact that you're not there is because you're not ready. So will you stop coming to me? I am the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth who established it, telling me what would make you happy if I just did this. What would make you happy if you just did what I told you? If you would line up with my purpose for you, you would be extremely happy and all the doors would open in the time that they're supposed to open and all favor would be manifested to you and all the things that I promised you would show themselves because in the end, the vision speaks and it doesn't lie. The vision has its own voice and it knows where it is. And if you would be quiet and stop telling me where it is and you got quiet enough, you would hear the vision calling you, telling you where it is because it speaks. Hmm. Your vision knows more about who it is than you know, and it knows its purpose. When God, when I saw that scripture in the end, the vision will speak and not lie. I was like, oh, wow, the vision speaks. And God said, well, if you be quiet, you would hear it. So I've been asking people lately. So what, what do you what do you think you're called to do? Well, I think I'm called and they always get into this lofty thing. Okay, that sounds deep. You're going to save the world and you're going to help people everywhere. You sound like you're doing a Miss America speech. Um, what do you believe God is calling you to do in your heart? And please don't try to sound deep and heavy and powerful. Just speak the thing that speaks peace to your heart. Hmm, that thing's so far removed. I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to pay my rent this month. Well, and that's what you'll be doing for the rest of your life. Trying to figure out how you're going to pay the rent for this month. But if you be still and you be quiet, the vision will speak to you. And my partners, my business partners have been very aware lately how much I go. It'll be okay. Even though I feel flustered and troubled by things, sometimes I go, It'll be okay. Dad, what is it that you know? I know to be quiet. I know to be still. I know that nothing comes about by anxiety and worry. And I know that the enemy will do everything in his power to distract me so I can't hear and see what daddy is doing. So I had to come to this realization. You created heaven and earth. And you have been charge of my maintenance. You, be, you did the construction and you didn't leave after the project was finished. Yeah. You built heaven and earth. You made man. And then when we turned away from you, you sent the repair man in to fix us eternally and get us back on track. What more do I need when I know that I have a lifetime warranty 
guarantee and a maintenance person who knows everything I need to be fixed and has all the tools. So what else do I need to focus on? I need to be focused on hearing what you're doing. Hmm. I'm hoping to encourage you today, but I'm hoping also to strengthen your resolve. Call unto me again, and I will answer you and tell you and even show you great and mighty things, things that which have been confirmed and hidden. I mean, confined, I'm sorry, and hidden, which you do not know or understand. And here's the point right here. This is the one that got to me. And cannot distinguish. Wow. So here we go. You ready? Strap in. The things God wants to show you are not only great and mighty and powerful, but undiscernible or undistinguishable by you. That means, oh boy, you ready for this? The answer to your prayer could probably be sitting in your lap and you would knock it off on the floor because you can't discern what it is. You could turn your back on it and push it away as an annoyance and start rebuking it because you don't have the ability to discern even or distinguish it if you saw it. If it was sat in front of you, you would say, I have no idea what that is. What is that? I, I don't, what, what, what are you showing me? And it's funny, I've had conversations with people, I'll share a word with them and they're like, I don't get it. And I'll explain it again. I don't get it. And I'm sitting there like, duh, this makes perfect sense to me. What don't you get? Like, I'll explain it again. I, I, I don't see. And then they'll go, oh, so it's like, and they'll go to comparing it to something that they already know. And I'll go, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. I mean, if that helps you get a grip, okay. But that's not what I'm explaining. Has anybody other than me ever had that problem? Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. Well, sounds to me like you're saying such and such and such a thing. Well, now you're getting offended. And no, that's not what I'm saying at all. But in their limited ability to underhand, to comprehend, to contrive what's being said, they're going to relate it to what they already know and have accepted because they don't have the ability to discern or to assimilate in their mind the move. Now, imagine God saying something to you and your mind is set on what your mind is set. And God speak way deeper than me. And you can't even dis you can't discern what it is. You can't even distinguish it. It's sitting right there and he's showing you go left. And in your mind, left is right or left is back. You can't make heads or tails of what God is saying because he's saying, I need to show you. I made heaven and earth and I know how it works. And I need to show you and teach you to discern what I'm doing before I do it for you. Because even if I did it, you'd miss it. You have need of wisdom. And in all your wisdom, get understanding. So that's why I've had us confessing for years. Thank you, Lord, for wisdom, insight, understanding, knowledge of God peace and prosperity and abundance, but all of those first, because you could have peace and prosperity right in front of you, but you don't have the insight or the discernment or the ability to recognize what God has provided for you. 
I guarantee you, each and every one of us have cursed our blessings, rebuked our blessings, turned our back on our blessings, because we decided how it has to go. And if not that, limited it greatly. God wants to give you a banquet and you wound up with breadsticks and a glass of water. God, open our eyes, remove our stony hearts, give us the ability to see what you're doing. Let us stop trying to trap you into our point of view of things and forgive us for consistently trying to tell you how to do your job. I was having a conversation with somebody and, and it's really interesting because they felt very strong about what they saw. And I was like, but you don't see the big picture. You see what's immediately in front of you and you're limiting God to your resources, but the picture that God is trying to paint for you is, 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 is that's what you're talking about is not what it is. So I ask a question and I'll ask it to everybody here. Do you know, not the ultimate plan, but what God's plan is for you right now? Tomorrow, when you wake up and get out of bed, do you know what his goal is for you in the next week? The next month? Do you understand what the steps and the plan is for him to get you to that place that he's called you to? Starting right now. Do you even know? Because if you don't, you're groping in darkness. So he's saying, I am the God today, make of heaven and earth. So let me read it again. I don't want to, I don't go, for, I don't want to go from memory. This is powerful. Those of you who just got in here, Jeremiah 33, that at verse one. He said, and the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time. While he was still, while he was still confirmed in the court of the God saying, Thus says the Lord who made heaven and earth. I'm coming to you as the ultimate authority in this one. The Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call unto me and I will answer you. So let's just take that right there for a minute and let's pause and meditate on that. Call unto me and I will answer you does not mean petition me with your perspective and then I will do whatever you say. Please let's remove that from our prayer life. I was talking to somebody this past week and they were taking a stand in prayer and I'm believing for this and I'm taking a stand for this. And I, in Jesus name, I just believe it's time. I believe it's time. And I was like, ugh, ugh, ugh. what? Well, I've abandoned that, and I've told you guys that, even in the message. I, my prayer is, God, if you would be so kind, if it's okay with you, I would really like right now for this to manifest, but not my will. <laughs> Your will be done, because you know what I'm ready for and what's best. And I shouldn't have to be taken and said, I didn't take authority. Yeah, you're already authority. I don't need to take anything. I just submit it to you who are authority and say, you decide for me because you know what's best. Lord, if you would be so kind, 
if I have found favor in your sight. I have such a respect for those verses now when I see those. Lord, if I have, and some of them say, Lord, if I have truly found favor in your sight, redeem me, heal me, lift me up. Let me be humble. I don't deserve to put my foot down for anything. But because you have made me your own, I appreciate it. And I'm going to say, if I've earned this next level, if I please you, I would really appreciate if you would do thus and so. And I don't know if you guys remember the first time I said that prayer. Do any of you remember? Nelly's saying yes. Do any of you are in the room here remember? What? Huh? Who remembers? Who, you, you, Lindsay, you stuck your hand up. You remember? What was, the, what, what was the first time I said to God, if you would be so kind, and that became my method of prayer? First time. When that became the phrase of my life. No, it was two years ago. Nope, not weight loss. Next, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Pick me, pick me. Sleeping on the couch in my office for a whole year, stiff neck, uncomfortable. And I said, God, I don't. I'll stay on this couch for the rest of my life if that's where you want me. But if you would be so kind, I would just like a bed. That's, I didn't even ask for the apartment in Florida and trees and, you know, sun. I just said a bed. If I could just have a bed, I would be so happy. A, a bed to sleep in, that's my bed. After walking away from five rooms with a bed in every room, it was like a bed. And he moved. And I said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm praying that for the rest of my life. God, if you would be so kind, so kind, I would just appreciate this. However, I'm comfortable wherever you have me and wherever you choose to keep me. I'm trying to introduce you to something today. He's the God who created heaven and earth. And we need to get to the place as Christians and believers that we stop trying to tell God what to do and what's best and what we need. And I'm so upset and I don't think it's fair. And, it, 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 you know, why couldn't you do this for this person? Why you didn't do it for me? And listen, the only thing you deserve by right is eternity in hell. That's all you deserve. Everything else is by his grace, his favor and his sacrifice. Nothing is due me. So he says, I just want you to ask me. And I'm going to show you things that I'm already doing in your life that you can't distinguish. I want to say to you that God's word promises that he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything you need to do what God has called you to do and be what God has called you to be, he's already given you. He doesn't have to give you anything. You just can't distinguish it. So while 
he's coming to Jeremiah still in the court of the God saying, yeah, yeah, you can sit up here in court in the court and have meetings and try to debate and come to decisions. But guess what? I already know because I made heaven and earth and I know how it runs and I know how it works. And not only that, I know how you work. One flick of an artery and you drop dead tonight. Like you don't understand how this works. I do. So because of that, call unto me and I will answer you and I will show you undiscernible, undistinguishable things. I guarantee you this week, if you guys take this to heart, you can go to before the Lord about things that you think are pressing and you cannot beat them and can't overcome them and can't figure them out. And if you go to God this week on this basis and say, I'm coming to you as the creator of heaven and earth and the maker of all things and knowing how it functions and how I function and what I'm created to be. And I say to you, Lord, show me, humble me, open my eyes to see who you've called me to be and where you've called me to be right now and in this season. And I guarantee you, I promise you that he will show you he will unveil things to you. He will pull the covers off and knock the dust off of things that he's put right there for your greatness in your future. He'll show you your next steps and every step to come. But it takes you stopping and acknowledging who really made this thing, who really created this thing, who's really in charge of this thing. Give up the charge that you've taken because it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. I'm begging you, be humble, submit yourself. Get yourself off the throne and put God back up there and stop giving him honorable mention in your prayers while you spend all your time telling him about what you think. He created you. He knows what's best for you. And he knows the plans that he has for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Submit yourself. You can't go wrong. In Jesus' name. Amen.